Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today is a very special episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I don't normally, when I do the lives, I don't normally immediately turn around and make them into Facebook, I mean podcast form, but this one I felt I had to. It's about an organization that not only helps our military members, but also animals as well. It's called Paws of War. And basically what they do is they help our military members who are deployed. If they fall in love with an animal, wherever they're deployed, they help them to find a way to bring that animal home. And it's such a great organization. I will tell you that I know military people get a lot of flack, but I'm a military brat. My dad was in the Marine Corps for 20 years. He ended up ultimately, his life ended because he was exposed to agent orange in vietnam and he did not have a great quality of life the last couple years he died in 2015 but whenever he saw a little shih tzu alley he always perked up so animals have such a great response to people who are who need coping skills who are suffering ptsd and other debilitating diseases or have other things that are wrong with them soldiers are coming back and they've seen things that from war that we never would have seen before we would not even imagine our lifetime i remember i didn't find this out till my dad's funeral that my dad was on the team that would go to washington dc when the prisoners of war were coming back and he would have to be sitting in on the debriefing and listening to what they struggled with and what they suffered and do you know that my dad never once brought that home to us and told us any of this so my dad suffered in silence so having animals and something there that loves you unconditionally that you can kind of just cuddle with just when you're feeling down or when you're getting in one of those days is great and the organization right now is helping uh, a sergeant try to bring back a mama kitten and her babies the babies are called nubs i mean the mama's called nubs and it's an amazing organization please consider if you would donating to them it's called paws of war i will put the link in um the show notes as well as the link if you want to just help nubs get nubs and her kittens get to the states it's very heartbreaking one way when the soldier gets deployed and they have to find a new home for their pets because a lot of times it's so expensive in quarantine, they just cannot bring their pets, especially if it's a single person. Gigi, our dog, I know you've heard me talk about her several times, has, we adopted her from a soldier who was being deployed. He was going to Japan and there was no quality of life for Gigi. Gigi is one of the sweetest dogs ever, even though she's a pit bull. So there are breeds too as well that get discriminated against. So, I really hope that you listen to this story, listen to my conversation with Robert, who was the co-founder of Pause of War, and just consider opening your heart. Um, if you can't donate, contact them to see how you can get involved with them. They have a small chapter. They have a small chapter in Florida, and they do say they do have some other things that they have in, in kind. So maybe there's some way that you can donate your time, volunteer your time, get the word out, let people know, do a fundraiser for them, whatever you can do, please help. Because these animals need love and these are military who put their lives on line every day for us when they're in 
overseas need that love and appreciation as well. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I know I did a really long wind introduction on this one because I felt like I had to because this is two things that really are my favorite things are my favorite passionate causes. And when I was contacted about doing, um, just covering the story, just writing something up, I'm like, you know, I want to talk to him. I want to have a chat. I think I got the press release on Tuesday or Wednesday and the, the chat went live on Friday. So that's how passionate I am about this. So guys, please consider donating. Like I said, I'll put the show, the things in the show notes. And I'm also going to make a donation. And if you message me at adventuresoffrugalmom at gmail.com and tell me that you made a donation, then I will go and make a donation to maybe not match because it all depends on what kind of donation you make. But I will make a donation in your name as well, in your honor. So thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed this chat. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I'm so excited because today we're actually talking about two of my favorite things, which is vets and pets. I am a military brat. My dad was in the Marine Corps and he retired. And I, as you can see in my intro that I have dogs. So I'm so excited that we're going to be talking about a great organization that gives back. And that's Paws of War. So Robert, welcome to the show. Melissa, thank you for having me. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh, I am, uh, you know, a staunch supporter, of course, our, our service members uh, and our first responders. Uh, and Pause of War's mission is to help uh, our veterans and our first responders, um, uh, both active and retired or disabled. So how how did the Pause of War come about? Years ago, uh, we started bringing dogs back from uh, overseas. Uh, for service members who were on deployment. They rescued uh, an animal, could be a cat or a dog, and while serving in a variety of countries, they fell in love with that animal, they nurtured that animal, they uh, lived with that animal, and now they have to come back to America. And right away they start to scramble, now what do I do? They're not allowed to bring the dog back with the border cat. They're not allowed to play a role in bringing the animal back. So they have to count on People like us, right? An organization mm-hmm. that does that. And we learned that there's, it was affecting those who could not bring their dog back. People who we were talking to who had to leave an animal behind. Um, what it was like for them. The PTSD they got from it. The, uh, the overwhelming of guilt and, and regret that they left that animal behind. In most cases in these countries, animals are treated very kind, uh, unkindly. And they know that the fate of those animals would not be a good one. So whenever we do get a call now, 
uh, a, re a request, we jump into gear. Uh, when we first started, um, we were learning the best routes to get these animals to safety. Some of these areas were really hot war zones, so they were way more complicated scenarios. Um, but uh, fast forward, uh, it evolved into two things. One, placing service dogs uh, with now disabled veterans and still continuing to help those veterans, those active military members, to bring those animals to, to America and they become companions for them and their family. Well, there's one particular campaign that you're working on right now, and that's Save Nubs and Her Kittens, correct? That's right. So Nubs is a, is a mom cat that had a litter. Um, if it were not for these soldiers, brave soldiers, uh, she'd probably be uh, unfortunately killed or her, her kittens would have been killed as well. Uh, they rescued her, they nurtured her, uh, they've given her a ton of love. These cats and dogs over there, they don't know what it's like to get a kind touch or to have somebody actually give them some food. They normally are looked at like vermin um, and uh, are not very respected. So uh, to have to leave nubs behind uh, would be traumatic for anybody, but more important for those who are fell in love with her, the whole unit. Um, so we are on a mission now to get her and her kittens to America. So when a soldier contacts you about trying to get their animals from overseas back to the States, what process do you guys have to go through? Well, there's a, a, a variety of layers. Uh, the first thing is to securely get the animal um, from the location that they are in. Um, they're not allowed to leave the location and like just bring the animal somewhere. So we have to get a civilian uh, oftentimes, maybe retired from the military, but a civilian at that point to go and collect that animal safely or animals. And then we have to immediately get that animal to a veterinarian. Sometimes uh, it could be four or five hundred miles away, uh, depending on the location. And we start the medical process. Um, and then we start a quarantine process. And then we have to start a, um, a route process. Uh, and then we start a foster process because um, you just the ideal scenario doesn't always work. So right now with COVID, uh, animals are staying way longer than they have to. Flights are canceled on a daily basis. Um, heat restrictions. Uh, so we have medical forces. We have transporters. We have flights that we have to arrange. Um, very different from when someone's flying their own pet versus a pet that's mm -hmm. flown in cargo. Um, uh, multiple so there's a lot of layers, uh, and then there's all the paperwork process um, so to, to get it, an animal imported into the country. Uh, there's a lot of process there uh, through customs, through CDC. So there's quite a few steps people don't realize. So I'd imagine it costs a lot of money, too. So how do you guys survive? How do you manage to get all this besides donations? Uh, well, that's, that's always the hard part, um, on top of the hard parts. Uh, we count small people, small donors from, from a variety of people just helping us, believing in the mission, believing in the animal, believing in our military, and just small donors to say, hey, listen, we believe in this. We want to get this animal back. Uh, and that's how it, that's, you know, we're always looking for a corporate sponsor that says, hey, we're willing to, cor to sponsor one animal because right now we have a lot of requests. But, you know, it's, it's people like yourself who's spreading the word. 
uh, getting the message out there, and hopefully someone will step up and say, "Hey, I want to help." I'll, my company will get behind, uh, you know, bringing back an animal for 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 our military. Uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, but generally, it's 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 just small donations. So, how do the soldiers request? What what process do they go through? Uh, well, uh, the process is kind of simple. Um, obviously, they have to be an active member. Um, and they, uh, they fill out some simple information. Uh, we learn a little bit about where that animal's going in the country, um, and we stay in touch with them, and we give them updates, um, and then uh, we start the process. Uh, once we start the process, we keep the soldiers in the loop. Uh, we tend to start communicating with their family here stateside, uh, it could be several months uh, before they come back. Uh, sometimes we will hold the animal if there's no one uh, th that they have that can hold the animal. Um, and then we'll reunite them at some point or we'll get the animal to the family. Uh, and that dog will stay with the family and uh, until that soldier returns. And then the, the soldier and that animal will be reunited. Is there some kind of criteria that you guys use? Because I know you obviously can't do all requests because that's kind of, or do you try to do all requests? So we have never turned anyone down. Um, so we take on every, every. There, there, there is no criteria. If you're an active military member and you're serving overseas and you have an animal um, that you want to bring back here, we do not turn you down. Wow, that's amazing because you think about it. Animals are like so much for the stress. And you talked about already PTSD with, you know, the vets and stuff like that. So what happens to these animals? Let's say if a unit adopts it, does someone in the unit take it or do they? Yeah, always, always. So somebody is always attached to uh, uh, the animal. In fact, there's a, if you see behind me, there's a cat sitting on that chair. Uh -huh. That's Tweaks. And uh, Tweaks is the actual abnormal scenario. Tweaks was rescued by an ER doctor who was also a soldier uh, overseas, and he was continuing to travel from location to location. Tweaks was in pretty bad shape, but he said, I, I want Tweaks not to live a life like this, and if you can get him to America and get him a good home, that would be my wish. And uh, we got him here, uh, her, and she's she's up for adoption, but not all, most of the time, the soldier is one of the soldiers in that unit will be adopting that animal and staying in their family. I love that. And that I was thought that was a cat back there, but I wasn't sure. I was like making sure. <laughs> so do you think somebody in your organization is going to end up adopting her? Uh, not in our organization, um, but we, we, she's up for, for uh, adoption. Um, but uh, we have, we have a lot of animals coming in the doors. So we, we, we can't just take everyone, um, but uh, Tweaks is up for adoption uh, locally here in New York, um, and she'll be she'll make a great, great companion for somebody. Yeah, it looks like it, because she's just super sweet in the background, just yeah. enjoying being on TV as well. Our office cat, and who knows, maybe she'll stay here forever, but we'd rather have her in a home um, where, you know, people are there all the time, where we're here, you know, uh, only during the day. So how did you get involved with this? I've been an animal lover my whole life. And when I, when I you know, knew that there was animals that were in danger overseas, um, 
uh, and they needed to come back, my first instinct was, well, we can't let them stay there. We had to figure it out. So uh, animals um, are a big part of my life. The welfare of the animals are a big part of my, of my life. And I, and I think we can all agree that, um, you know, our service members um, are a special part of our life. So putting them together, uh, you know, which, you know, is created an organization that services both ends, hence both helping both ends of the leash uh, is our tagline. So, uh, but you have to have that passion for the animals. Um, otherwise, in my opinion, it doesn't work. So let's talk about some of the success stories of pe of animals that you brought back. Do you have some examples? We do. Um, we have quite a few. Uh, we have one that um, has uh, significantly changed somebody's life who came back uh, three years ago. Um, that dog is Ruba, and Ruba was rescued in Syria. And I get texts probably twice a week from the soldier. Um, that he doesn't know what he would have done had he had to leave Ruba behind. Um, he has uh, an album of videos and photos. Uh, Ruba has now uh, actually become, he is separated, meaning he's disabled um, and is separated from the service. And Ruba is now making his way towards a service animal for the same person. Um, we have a, a soldier who we brought two cats back for. Um, and when she came back, she bought herself an RV, um, and she's traveling around the country with the two cats that she, we, we brought back for her. And her, her two cats are a big hit wherever they go. Uh, we get emails and photos from her on a regular, um, how her life is just so much better with these two animals with her. The stories go on and on. Um, lots of success stories. Uh, nobody wants to have to fall in love with an animal and then leave it behind. It's a very different scenario um, in, in some of these war-torn areas. Animals have a real struggle there. So um, it's important that we do what we can do when we hear about it. Yeah, there's a lot of these war-torn countries that animals are sometimes used for our food, correct? Uh, that is correct. So the, the, the three main factors, uh, one, food, two, um, uh, beliefs um, that an animal, a dog is dirty um, and they cannot be near it. Um, and uh, three, it's two, but three, uh, just the, the the culture of uh, there's no such thing as pets in many of these areas. You don't have a dog in your house ever. Um, and they just looked at like something that shouldn't belong in this world. So they tend to try to hurt them and just keep them away from them and it's 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 hard it, a lot of street dogs it's you know there's no spay and neuter program so they just keep multiplying and they suffer so when a soldier is able to save protect nurture love that animal there's nothing worse than having to leave it behind for both that soldier and that animal yeah i can just imagine because i know there's i I'm based in a military town and I know there's a lot of military air force people that they're forced to leave their animals here with family or something when they're going overseas because they, that quarantine kind of hits them up and or it's so expensive to import. So I can just imagine what the cost that you guys have trying to bring them into the country. 
yes, it's, it's very it's very costly, um, and we we uh, there's no really there's no way around the costs. Um, there's times we have to pay interpreters, um, we have to pay transporters. You know, some of these locations they're really remote; they're in the mountains, um, and you have to deal you know with locals. It's, it gets complicated. It gets complicated. So, what's the normal cost for one of these? Anywhere from the very, very, very basic four thousand uh, to seven thousand on an average. That's not including any serious medical needs. Wow, that's that's a quite a bit of money, and you're just doing it all on donations and the fact that you yes. guys just love animals. Wow. Yeah, so, it, it is costly. Yeah. So let's talk about the benefits for the soldiers now. We talked about the benefits for the animals and the benefits for the soldiers. Well, I think that uh, anyone who owned a pet uh, can relate to uh, what these animals provide us, um, but more so for our soldiers who, uh, you know, they see a lot. They go through a lot. Mm -hmm. um, not, you know, it's not every day that someone becomes a military member. Um, it's a small percentage of our population. And they see things that, uh, you know, no one should ever see. Mm -hmm. they, they have to do things that no one ever wants to do. Um, and it continues. It's not just once, it's twice, it's every day while they're serving. So uh, this is an important thing for them to have that comfort, whether it's a cat or a dog um, in their life. Uh, especially uh, you don't want them to be taken from that animal, the animal be taken from them, um, and then have to regret leaving that animal behind. But when they are here, when they're there, when they're serving, um, it's it makes things a lot easier for them. You hear the stories and you talk to their family and they call home or they... Mm. All common with cat. So it really gives them that, that home sense feeling. Um, and when they do come home, they have that dog with them. Or they, that dog is actually waiting for them. And it's, 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 it's surreal to them. Half of them don't even believe it. It's really happening. Like, is that dog really at my house? Is he really going to be there when I get there? Is, you know, they just can't fathom it, you know? Now, you mm -hmm. talked about having that one in one of the examples that you mentioned about turning the dog into a service dog. Do you guys do that as well? Or do you have a, a something you source out? So we, we as a part of our program here, we, uh, uh, our main mission is to place service dogs with disabled veterans suffering from PTSD and TBI, traumatic brain injury. So um, that's our main mission. Uh, although the mission evolved out of bringing dogs back from the very, very beginning from overseas, but the mission was not to place them in service animals. Um, there's a select few that will separate. They, they will have a disability, something very traumatic. Um, and then uh, it's up to them if they want to start training that animal as a service animal. But we do that, yes. So let's talk about the process of turning an animal into a service animal. What kind of timeline, process, everything goes with that? Well, it's, it's not the same for every animal. Uh, if we're placing the dog ourselves, things are different. If someone brings a dog to us uh, or he has a dog, um, the process generally changes um, 
because that dog may have quite a few things that we have to work out of that dog. Um, example, that dog could potentially be dog aggression, aggressive. Um, so that's something we have to truly work out in order for that dog to achieve that status. And some dogs just won't make it. Um, so it's challenging. It's definitely challenging um, when you, uh, it's challenging when you find a great, great dog uh, and you place it. Never mind a dog that has some issues. But we have some great trainers. We have dedicated people. And uh, your passion makes it work. And uh, on that end, too, we've been very successful. So you guys are located in New York, but are you, you basically serve the whole United States, correct? So we are based out of New York. We have a small chapter in Florida, and we provide services throughout the country. I mean, we're a small organization, um, but we do provide services throughout the country on a limited basis. And what do you mean by limited basis? So if someone applies for a service dog uh, in a certain state, we may not be able to provide them with services right now, uh, especially with COVID. Uh, but if somebody applied for uh, certain services, uh, a, a military member being deployed overseas and he has no place to put his dog uh, because an adoption fell through, we will help. Um, if, a, if a service member um, has an emergency with an animal and they can't pay for the medical care, we will help them. We have a mobile unit, a fully operational mobile medical unit that provides services for animals. That truck is starting to go around the country uh, where the greatest needs are. Um, so we, those are the kind of services we provide around the country. Somebody um, is uh, homeless, a veteran homeless, mm -hmm. uh, and no shelters will take that veteran in because of the dog. Uh, we get involved and we provide uh, a variety of different things to help get that uh, service member, that veteran, into the proper housing. So those are the kind of things we do on a national level. I love that. You just talked about, you know, military person being deployed and they can't take their dog. That I have a story. We have we just adopted in October a dog named Gigi who actually was a, a military member's dog and he had nowhere else to go. And my daughter took her and then my daughter just was like she was in college and she's like, you know, it's just not it's too much. And she ends up coming to us and she's probably one of the sweetest dogs ever that we've ever had and she's a pit bull so you wouldn't think that right right but, but it's so sweet that you talk about helping the military guys or men and women not just guys to find homes for their dogs when they have to go because that's that's heartbreaking if they have to know they have to put their dog in a shelter it is heartbreaking um and you know sometimes uh you don't you, you wait to the last minute to try to find a home because you, you don't want to separate with your pet and you realize how hard it is. Um, and especially if it's a certain breed, right? So it gets harder with certain breeds. Um, so we step in and um, we help. Um, there's nothing worse than having to go protect this country and worrying about what happened to your dog. Mm -hmm. So true. Now let's get back to nubs. How can people help with nubs right now? So uh, if somebody would like to help uh, continue our mission with Nubs and other animals overseas, they go right to our website, which is pauseofwar.org. Uh, we'll go to our Facebook page, Pause of War. 
uh, but pausewar.org, um, and uh, they can donate. That's what we need right now. It's a very expensive program. Uh, I wish it was cheaper uh, to get these dogs back over. There's, unless someone can figure out a cheaper way, uh, I'm all ears, but there isn't any. And why particularly were you involved with Nubs? Let's talk about Nubs' story. So Nubs is, uh, you know, stationed at, at, a, at a camp, um, and the Nubs just grabbed the attention of a couple of soldiers. She was clearly uh, desperate. She was a mom. She gave birth. Uh, and, you know, uh, this is an area where a lot of people are very unkind to animals. So if they didn't step in, um, a nursing mother that just gave birth uh, would have been subject to abuse, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure worse. So uh, it started out as a bad story. It's turning into a good story because our mission now is to get nubs and her babies to here in America. And the soldier that's helping that kind of pushed, is she going to be getting all the kittens as well? So, so she's getting mama and I know the unit is figuring out um, who's, who's going where and what have you. And we're going to let them make that decision. And as we get closer to, uh, you know, our mission, completing our mission, They'll have answers for us. So how far along are you on in this mission? Uh, we're probably, uh, we call it, it's yellow. Um, so we're, we're in good place. Um, we just gotta continue making sure everything is done. We have, we have young kittens, so that's always, you know, um, more challenging. Um, can't separate them from mom. Mm -hmm. uh, they can't travel just yet. So fostering is gonna be a longer endeavor. Uh, health certificates, processes, processes. So we're a little ways out, but we're looking good so far. And do you update on your website when you we bring do. the we campaigns? We, we send out an email and we do updates. Um, as the, And we're probably going to do an update next week. Wow, I love that. So how did the soldiers know to get in touch with you? So I think that uh, we have... Uh, a, a reputation for doing this for, for, for a few years. Uh, we don't advertise, we don't market, so um, it's just word of mouth. Wow. And yeah. so one soldier just tells another soldier and tells another soldier? I think they just start scrambling around, uh, unfortunately, out of desperation to figure out how do they get this animal home. And uh, they start calling around, and the family starts calling around, and then we get the phone call. So you have the family working on the state side, and then the soldiers right. being deployed as well. That's working on the state side uh, as what pretty much does a lot of the uh, heavy lifting as far as finding um, us, and uh, then we get a call usually from the family, and then we start communicating with the soldiers, and um, so there's layers of process there as well. Uh, but yeah, so we don't advertise, we don't market this, um, so. It's word of mouth. So when a soldier comes to you, is there a process that you have to go through as well? There's, a, there's an interview process um, just to understand a lot of logistics. Okay. Uh, but uh, there's no approval process outside of just as long as everything qualifies, uh, which, you know, um, most of it does. 
What's when you say qualify? What exactly does that mean? Well, so it could be uh, it, it could be anything that, um, uh, like example, uh, a dog that we um, were asked to, to help with, but no one could get close to the dog. So mm. they were feeding the dog for four months. The dog was feral. So um, it, it, it's still something we're going to be doing. Uh, but it takes a very different scenario, right? So mm. we have to trap the dog, and then we have to spend probably five or six months uh, in that country with the right foster to get that dog to start trusting people. Um, the dog's ears were cut off, um, mm. very visible, um, uh, and you can see the dog was abused. So he's, he or she uh, does not have any trust in human being anymore. So we can change that. Um, so that's a process that we have to approve, um, and we do, we do. Um, and then we have to figure out, okay, who's taking the dog? And so those are the kind of things that are a little more in terms of the approval process. So basically they're all approved, but there's still more, you have to get that's into correct. each situation and see what it entails and find out all the details. That is correct. You guys are doing great work. Um, is there anything that you want to share with people before we hop off? Well, once thank you, and everyone should. Uh, I hope uh, that anyone that's uh, interested in helping um, to learn about uh, what happens to these animals overseas. But more important, we have to support our military. It is so important. Um, this is Appreciation Month. Um, for those who have sacrificed and still continue to sacrifice and we owe it to them and there's no question we owe it to the animals so um get involved reach out to us uh, even if you can't afford to make a donation just call us and you can volunteer whatever but we we encourage you to reach out to us well robert i want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing about pause of war i mean this is a great organization and I honestly, that's when I got the press release, it was the first time that I heard about it. But I was like, I have to get on this because I had heard all these times about soldiers wanting to bring their animals back, but didn't know there was an organization that helped. So immediately when I got it, I'm like, I'm going to book you guys. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy you had me on, Melissa. All right, guys. If you're, if you even think about it, if you want to donate, please donate. If you want to just get involved, get in contact with Robert at pauseofwar.org. And soldiers mm -hmm. and animals both need our love. So hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Be blessed and see you on the next episode of Chats from the Block Cabin. Bye-bye. Bye. Y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this chat and going through it. Animals have my heart and soul and military members have my heart and soul. Thank you so much for allowing me to bring these particular episodes to you. This is why I started Chats from the Blog Cabin. So I could bring around causes. And if I can bring any awareness to any cause, that is awesome. So I really, to help bring more awareness to this cause, I really need you to like subscribe, review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast on.
go over to YouTube, hit subscribe as well, because folks, it makes a difference. The more views and the more reviews we get, the more people hear about these stories and the more people are getting involved with these stories. So I want to thank you so much for being in the podcast family. From the bottom of my heart, be blessed. And remember, keep chatting.